There is a perfect example of motherhood out there. We've all felt its presence. It lingers in our social media feed, in the products we buy, the answers to the questions we research. Even though we know it's not real, we feel it spotlight what we could be doing better. Join two best friends as they step off the stage of motherhood and go behind the scenes with moms from different walks of life. The Mom Cult Podcast. Real moms, real talk, real tired. We are back with After the Episode with my lovely sister, Jenny Black. This was our first like non-traditional mom episode, as you know. And so I'm super interested to hear your thoughts about it. And I even like going, but when I was editing it, I was going back and wrote down just some phrases that she said that I was like, this is so wild how, how similar this is. I wrote down, she said, it was really hard for me to grieve because I was now taking care of another person. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I think we've touched on it in a previous episode, but just the grief of losing your old self and how there just isn't a lot of, I feel like that's just kind of like, oh, postpartum, it's just kind of shoved into that group of emotions that you're feeling. But really, it's impossible to do during pregnancy. And it mm-hmm. really doesn't start until once the baby is here. And you're already so depleted in all of these other ways and just how do you do that? Like how, what's a healthy way to go about grieving your old life? Or I don't know, that was one of the biggest things that she said that stood out to me as a mom. Yeah, Yeah, it's like her situation is so different that she could name things that are so universal. Right, well, we're so in it, it's Mm -hmm. harder to step out and be like, oh, that's, yeah, that is what's happening. And it's more gradual, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, gradual if you've birthed the baby. And for the most part, something you've chosen to do. You're like, well, why would I grieve something that I is supposed to make me happy and that I've wanted my whole life? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but it's needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I loved your question about, I thought of the phrase, the work of grief, and your question of, did it help you that you had all that stuff to do? And it has to. The thing about life is that there's continual birth and death happening all the time all the time things are dying and things are coming to life and then more things are dying and more things are coming to life and it's just this constant rhythm that we were made for but we don't in our culture we don't have any connection to mm-hmm. that we only see the gains we only talk about the gains we move towards the gains that's why i can't stand baby showers or wedding showers because <laughs> i'm just like just, everyone's pretending <laughs> everyone's staying so positive <laughs> <laughs> why are they acting like why this are we, is going to be so yeah. fun? Why are we celebrating this horrible, hard thing that they're about to do? There's got to be. I can't think of the scene from the movies that's coming to my mind. But it's like, it's got to be one of those, like, I didn't. I don't even know Hunger Games well enough. But it's like one of those things where, like, everyone's like, yay, you won. Oh, you got yeah. the ticket <laughs> to um, die. I've to always die. liked all those things. But I'm wondering now, thinking about it, if it's like that I like pomp and circumstance a lot. But I don't know if. Yeah, well, you're bringing up a lot of questions. I mean, <laughs> most people do like those things. This is a particular no, no, no. oddity I, about me. No, I get like, it. What's you, real, y'all? Have you always been that way? or uh-huh. Okay. Always. Gosh, that what an amazing human. What an amazing yeah. human. 27 years old, raising her. She's 16, 15, 15-year-old 15 sister. It was just, wow. I thought it was fascinating. Was it her cousin that had been through a similar or a friend that had been through a similar situation that her, could... Was it her mom's Someone sister? she was related to. Maybe. 
Oh, the, the, the one who also had the same uh-huh. dad. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. her mom's, yeah, her mom's sister. Her okay. mom's older sister was 17 years older. And yeah. I think, I think that's the most fascinating thing about tragic situations that like the closer you look, like the more you get like a microscope into that person's situation, like obviously the thing on the outside is just this devastating loss and you get closer and you see these like little miracles, like how on earth did she have an aunt? Right. Mm-hmm. The connectivity that of that is that. like... And then even her mom having started clearing out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the stuff in the house. Yeah. But and there are so many parts of this episode that just melted me. When she said, I wanted the dress my mom wore to my college graduation. Yeah. I was just like, can you even imagine knowing what mom wore to anything? Mm-hmm. No. Like, the preciousness of like, she wore that dress. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, that made me so happy. But then I do think, I think that the work that comes with those kinds of losses has to be a gift. Like right. it has to be something because it's it's always a part of it. And so it's like, it's like there's somewhere to put this mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. And then I loved when she said, I just worked and I worked and I did all the stuff every day. And then after everybody went to bed and I was by myself, then it all, like I didn't have time all day to worry about what I needed. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah, that's when you... Yeah, I just, there were so many moments where I was like, that's exactly the same. Yeah. It's the same. But and you called crazy. it the mom moment. Oh, sorry, a sorry. Mom, yeah. You called it such a mom moment. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just want to talk more about that. I was thinking about how, you know, is in, in Alexis's episode, we talk about how, like, you finally get time at the end of the night. You've been just, like, frustrated with your kids or irritable, and then nighttime comes and then I'm just on my phone like looking at pictures of Penny that I took that day and then feeling like why can't I enjoy this while while I'm in it while it's happening and I was just like maybe that's what this time at night is for Hmm. like maybe this is maybe I should see this as a instead of looking down on this moment and giving myself a hard time that I'm not feeling it until now maybe that just is the natural time where I have enough space to get to be sentimental about my kids and feel that love. You know, it's just that once you have space yeah. from something, you can, you know, you just have more time to breathe or feel like you have a little more control of your feelings and how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. It's literally reflecting. Yeah. You're actually, it's like if you've just been bombarded by information all day, at some point your brain is going to want to review it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like your brain is reviewing it and saying, <gasps> This is good. It was actually good, even though it right. felt like a hard day. Right. Or oh, I'm I exhausted. forgot about this little video I did with her today, and she was so cute. And like, just instead of being hard on myself, just being like, Why "Oh, do I only love her is... when she's not here." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Here's the. This is like this is just the time. This is the time that I get to feel that, and that I do feel that every day, even if it's at the end of the night, and just starting to see that as a positive thing instead of a negative thing. Yeah. Anyway. Good for you. I like that a lot. Me too. Thanks, guys. Shifting that framework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Changing the world. Getting one into that flow, baby. <laughs> mm, what are mom moments that you're thinking of? You like that phrase? Do you have? So what I wrote down was I didn't worry about what I needed, right? Because I had somebody else that I was taking care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote down because she said the first seven months it was all about her. I was like, <laughs> again, <laughs> literally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and I think I, I feel like I've maybe talked about this every time that we talk because I I haven't heard anybody else say this before. 
you are always taking care of you. It's like when a dependent has that much control over your, is that dependent, right? And you don't have an option to think about yourself or what you want. Everyone talks about trying to get into the present moment. Just have a baby. (laughs) You can't think. You can't think. It forces you into the present and you're not going to like it. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's just all this energy that as a culture, and I know for myself, that we're putting into trying to let go of our thoughts and how important your thoughts are and how not to live in your head. And children, they don't give you enough time to be in your head. And so that it is the ultimate flow activity if you could not resist it. If you could be like, okay, this is my reality. When you can do that, that's when you, I don't know which one of you were talking about, that's that's your real self showing up to life. That's the real part of you that you get to bring to the rest of your relationships. And there's just nothing like parenting to give you access to that. So it's like if somebody has a pet, how much kinder they are just because there's a pet there. Well, that kindness, they're kind. They're experiencing kindness in themselves because of the pet, the pet's presence mm-hmm. in their life. Like, And the more of that, that kind of self that you get to be in, it just, it's, women are so strong. They're so strong. And like, you know you are because you've made it through those moments. And that never goes away. Like you get through that hard moment, but you still get to keep that that resilience and that strength and mm-hmm. that you're kidding me. I went that long without whatever. Right. Yeah. It is a confidence builder in a lot of ways. And also like confidence, terror. I loved that she chose some very, she's such an intentional person that she chose things that she knew her, would, would be important to her mom to continue to enforce. Mm-hmm. And she didn't say they aren't, aren't important to me, but they might not be. Right. And she's still choosing to say that I loved that. I mean, I feel like that was just such a beautiful picture of the ways moms pass themselves on, mm-hmm. you know, to the next generation. I think my my only regret with that episode is that I didn't. I should have just allowed space for her to just tell us about her mom. Mm. You know, I'm annoyed that I didn't think to do that. So I I felt like that's what she was doing the whole time. Okay. And that's the thing about moms. Their mm. fingerprints are there, right. even though you're not talking about it. And that's what I saw mm-hmm. with her. I was like, I know exactly what kind of mom she had. Totally. By how she was choosing to, to be. To handle everything. Through. Yeah. I expected when we went into this, I expected to just be like a puddle from like the first minute. And because she was so balanced and had handled it in such a logical, healthy way and was so evolved, I'd walked away like excited even or just inspired and it was completely different than what I expected it could not have been more different (laughs) because of who she was and Mm -hmm. and yeah like you're saying it does let you know her mom had to be incredible for her Mm -hmm. to be you know what I mean not that it's all her mom's credit 30 percent well but she's also literally channeling her mom on purpose and that's not something that average mom is doing you know she's doing that to keep her mom's alive in her sister's life and in her own life. So she is an amazing person, and that can't be separate from what I'm about to say. Right. (laughs) But I do think there is some unique insight she has to doing what's best for her sister that the average mom doesn't have. 
And I felt this a lot with you growing up. Mm. So you meaning Joy, <laughs> not Sarah, because, you know, Sarah's yeah. not my sister. No, no I didn't she's know not. Me growing no. up. I mean, in my heart, in my heart, you're my sister. <laughs> you're not her sister. Okay. <laughs> Let's just be clear. <laughs> We're going to make that announcement. She is here. mine. <laughs> My sister. But I remember seeing mom and dad like too tired or too annoyed or like wanting to give in to you and being like, why are you doing that? Right. Like, hey, that's, guys. That's not what's best for her. But I, one, they were exhausted. Right. But I would say most parents, the way that I see that unfold now is most parents are too concerned about their child's happiness. Are they happy? Are they happy with me? It's a lot more about, am I doing the right thing? Where I think the the unique perspective that Julia has is she knows she does not need to be getting away with that. That is not okay. And she doesn't have any ego involved. It's not right. It's right. not tied into yeah. her. Right. Because it's not her daughter. Yeah. Right. It's like she really has it gets it. Yeah. Her well being is like she could do tough love because she right. trusts. End of story. Right. Yeah. That's all there is. <laughs> so I just was like, gosh, I could use tw- some more. A twenty seven year old really is <laughs> yeah. a smart choice for a parenting someone to teach parenting yeah who's been there and has seen those pieces and knows that particular dynamic i think is pretty like i want her to teach other parents of teenagers yeah because she's not all looped into the well her emotions aren't like all invested as you are when it's your you've you know it's her identity yeah your identity yeah Yeah, that's it they are separate people i thought that was so cool and then, goodness, could we all just sob forever about that thought of, I just want to be taken care of. I just really need my mom. I mean, just, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just how that was a universal experience, too, If you're, even if your mom's still alive, right? Ending those moments of, where's the person who's taking care of me? Who's bringing me a bowl of soup? Right. And then the other thing that is going to be worth mentioning all the time, but she used the phrase, I didn't get an opportunity to grieve like a normal person, which, of course, is true in her situation. And again, it made me say, everybody's grief is different, just like everybody's birth story is different. And there is no, there is no normal, there is Mm -hmm. no none. And it's just such a, there's complicated grief. And there's simple grief. Hers is definitely complicated. But most people because of what we're going through as a culture right now, almost all grief is complicated at Mm -hmm. this point, this particular point in history. And so just over and over and over again, being able to say, there is no right way to do this. There is no, and there, and there isn't a perfect path that you just haven't gotten on. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is where we are. Well, you know, my brother passed away and my, my sister and brother like really felt it right in the moment. And I'm just, it's uh, eight years ago. And I feel like I'm, it's actually, it's grief still, but it's like, I'm learning about him or like, I didn't want to see he had a motorcycle crash and they were all, they just wanted to know everything and to like read all of his journals and all those things in the moment. And A, I felt like we spent more concentrated time together. Long story short, like we were just by nature of being like the only ones at home for a period after they, you know, cause they were older, we had more time together. But the point is, uh, it's just like a more specific personal thing. Just, I marveled at that too. And I thought that in that moment, like, well, Maybe you're going to grieve it or have a deepened awareness in like eight years after you don't have to be just super present for this other person, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she had said she needed her mom because she would always slow things down and take care of everything. And I just loved that. 
slow things down. Like just thinking of the ultimate mom like slows things down. Like mm -hmm. I thought that was so beautiful. And then I could have just sobbed because <laughs> then you said, and at least that's how your sister feels. Mm -hmm. Like you're getting to give that to your sister. I think that's that's what I, what I wrote down here was what comes through us becomes us. So when you are in those places where you're like, I'm having to give and nobody's giving to me, you are becoming, you now, you have now owned the thing mm -hmm. that you wanted somebody else to give you. It is you. And just watching, watching that happen to her and you being able to witness and name that was so beautiful. I don't think I've told you all this yet. When Avery was 15, I was telling her something she needed to do or this was my opinion or perspective on it or whatever. And she just kind of looked at me that way she always did, which was like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I looked at her and I was like, Avery, your whole life, this your whole entire life, has there ever been a moment when I've said anything to you and you've thought, that's my mom. She knows what she's talking about. I should listen to her. And she took a really long time. She looked at me and she said, I always knew you were trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's sweet. <laughs> mm, she, she was just like, I don't feel like you really know me and the situation here. But Wait. good, good go, good go. You're trying. You <laughs> see you. But I got to tell you, I think that that indicates that she knows that you're human because I grew up thinking, like having my parents on a pedestal and thinking that they were these superhuman beings that knew all and were bigger than imagination and and recognizing as you grow up that they're human. Or putting all your eggs in, in one basket. I don't really know how to, you know, that is an indicator that you did a good job raising her. Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Whew, that was a close one. It was a close one. saved it. Um, okay, do we <laughs> want to talk about the word of the day? Resentment. The word resentment. of the day. Oh, resentment. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, what, are, what have your thoughts been on resentment since that recording? Mm. I mean, it's just a, a part of my daily activities <laughs> what have they not been of trying to not have resentment yeah i didn't honestly i didn't think about it in terms of this episode but it is like a constant thing on my mind and i know that it like eats away at you know i don't know that i feel resentment at parker i feel a lot of things i, I get angry or you know i feel a lot of things that are negative but um, maybe that's been like a, a result of being the age that I was when I had it, I'm not really sure. Do you feel that? Have you, but you said that like whenever you were younger and you had resentment, maybe I do yeah. feel that. Maybe I'm, I mean, I I'm not, it's definitely not as present this time as it was the right. first time, but I don't know. I think I just resent being needed. I just want to not be needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things that in the Enneagram I'm, was identified as a type two for a long time. And the type two is driven by the need to be needed. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, nope. <laughs> not, not me. <laughs> or or something worked that out of my system. I do in my in my friendships, that's a big deal. You I need to be needed. I, I definitely desire to be to be needed. And I was telling Jeremy the other day, just with the last couple of years and feeling like I have all these friends that I haven't gotten to invest in how they're doing and between COVID and then having the baby and just everyone's lives are busier and everyone's when you're older, it's just really hard to have mm -hmm. to stay connected to everybody you care about outside of seeing their Instagram post of the day or whatever. And I was like, especially my friends who have just had babies or are about to have babies. And I want to be 
I want to be a part of that with them. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't feel that weight as much because I know if they listen to the podcast, then I'm a part, (laughs) then it makes me feel like I'm a part of helping their day or, you know, just, I don't know. It was just a nice. so great, Joy. It felt like I was, like I'm able to connect connect with a group or a a larger group. Than you're humanly capable. Than I'm capable of. And also it's creative. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a creative outlet, and uh, that's amazing. But I feel like you also said something about things that you could do to not be resentful, like to pre, to go, oh, I know I get resentful about this, so I don't do these things anymore, or I make sure sure to do these things. Oh, when Sarah was talking about her, her anger train. Well, I feel like both of you had said something about that. Um, I remember saying I go to gratitude or I, I go straight to like, He's a healthy baby. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll do that. It's like an underlying. It's not even like a conscious thought. I just know that I sometimes it is, but I have to prep for it. Is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. Like I have to like the night before I'll think about it because this is when he's waking me up at five in the morning and now he's getting in bed just by the way, um, kicking, kicking mm-hmm. on the bed mm-hmm. um, at five in the morning. Like he'll like and he's being funny anyway and taking that as just going to gratitude is what it is. Which the tool. is increasing your resource, right? Gratitude's right. one of your resources. Yeah. 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 And by that, I mean consciously thinking he's healthy. He can kick the bed. He's right, right. getting up at the, you know, it's like all yeah. good things. And that's, and it's frustrating. That doesn't mean I'm not mad or right, I'm not, right. and I'm not, but I'm not mad at him for being, you know, and I don't, right. um, and then I can like dissipate that and breathe and, and move through it. What were your thoughts about? preempting resentment or doing something about it once you've noticed you're resentful like what kind of actions can you take i mean i can't think of anything that i've done recently because in my head i feel like it's easier to do with something like okay we're gonna go we're gonna go to the mall we're gonna like it'll just be more of like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna walk myself through all the things that could potentially happen not that i'm just bracing for the worst but just the I don't know, just shifting my expectations of of what a fun outing might sound like and what what actually might occur and just being prepared for like, yeah, this might happen and this might happen and this might happen. And then then you don't feel as blindsided by your kid ruining this play date that was supposed to be great. That's what I was thinking about. I do this practice now, but I was trying to look back on raising my kids and being like, was this what all of my pain was about? But that so much of my stress, resentment, anger comes from, I think things should be different than they actually are right Mm -hmm. now. And so kind of the work I'm doing now is things are the way they are. How can you move to accept reality Mm -hmm. and then meet it with whatever resources you have? And I feel like that's, I don't know. Does that feel like, is that too broad to say most frustrations of parenting are thinking it should be different than it is right now? I don't Like you should be sleeping. Right. No, that, yeah, that makes sense. You should be having a meltdown right right now because I just gave you what you wanted. Yeah. (laughs) Because inherently like that's what it is really that we're frustrated by. You know what? Oh no. I don't know if that's a derail. Too late. We're on, I we're on the recognize, train. I, on that note, the um I recognize that the like whenever he wakes up and then really what I'm getting frustrated, the kicking things, whatever, but like whenever he's coming downstairs and he's starting to be like wild on the stairs and he's about to fall. When I get angry and most in life, it's that um it's coming from fear. It's first fear mm-hmm. every time. 
Yeah. It's always fear. And like, I mean, I I could know like 40 times in the last week thinking about talking about this. When you were talking about feeling Penny's body and remembering her noises, one of the pictures that came to my mind is when your kid's teeth are starting to grow in and they're all mangly and like just that. Like I had just captured that moment. Mm -hmm. Like it's so fleeting and it's just like, oh, that's when. And I just loved the the sensoriness that you put to that. I just well, really I just can't. That. I always just put my fingers under her under her chin because it's just like, oh gosh, it's so soft. Oh. I can't stop. Oh. So perfect. Okay, the other thing I wanted to say is that our kids are always amazing. They're just always amazing. Like, and if you if you have time to be away from them, you can think about how amazing they are. And there are also some, there's something that I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about, and that's called the annoying years. <laughs> when when do they, they stop? I, I, I think that you, you know what phase it is. What is it? So, I think I'm fully in it. <laughs> she is. Uh, she is. Oh, my so gosh. Here's, here's why I can say this with such confidence. So we had all of our laptops that were like old, dead laptops. Like we took them in during COVID and had them like get working enough for us to see like videos that were on them so my kids found all the videos they made like when we first got like a photo booth and like all the like hundreds of videos that they made in front of the computer and i thought it was going to be so fun for them and they were like (laughs) oh my god mom how did you live with us We were the most annoying humans on the planet. We did not shut up. <laughs> and when, when they said that, I was like, oh, my God, you were. Mm-hmm. And I have been around some kids that are those ages now. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> these are the annoying years. Mm-hmm. And we're all kind of pretending that, like, I don't want to make them feel bad about we themselves. Them. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to so make great. you feel shame for being but, so um, annoying. That, like, oh, my sorry. gosh. But it's it's not. It's a phase of development. Right. It's not even a right. personality. No, so it's I, not something you can discipline them Yeah, for. no, I told mom, like, mom, I've heard stories from mom my whole life of me. <laughs> of just like, oh, I'd be on the phone and you'd just be just so loud and in my face and you and dad would just be laughing. And I told her, uh, like, yesterday, I was like, I, <laughs> I understand. I am living the stories I feel like you've told about me when I was little and just how, just the amount of energy that I had, like I am mind blown by how much energy she has when she comes home from school. Like I would expect. You should be worn out, love. You should be worn out. Yeah. (laughs) And no, it is like on a thousand because it's like school's out. (laughs) I can do it. Where's my snack? I mean, oh, Uh, what would you say this, that age? Like what's the range? Like eight to middle school. It's like eight. Is that right? Because what happens in middle school, and it's kind of sad, right? Because all of a sudden they start being like self-conscious. The only mm-hmm. thing that ends up is self-consciousness. They start seeing peers get annoyed with them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, then they kind of go into this like deep like, cave. Oh, crap. I got to keep right. my friends. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon did not talk for all of seventh grade. He sat at the lunch table and just watched everybody to figure out what he was supposed to do. <laughs> To belong. That's basically that's what Brandon, I did, but like, nobody knows. But he's he's like the most <laughs> outgoing, energetic person. And he's like, nope, didn't talk all seventh grade. Did you know that in seventh grade? Like while he was in, would he come home and was like, hey, I said it lunch all day and didn't talk? Oh, this is such a hard thing to do. 
<laughs> reliving all these years. It's like, oh, but I'm done with them, y'all. Pass, that was pass. so terrible. Next question. <laughs> like the annoying, the annoying years. Well, like the whole, all of them. Like, oh God, I'm so glad that's over. But middle school, like I would say, I would rather be in middle school again than to parent middle kids. schoolers again. Yeah. It was like walking around without any skin on. Me, I had no skin on. Watching my kid walk around with no skin on. And supposed to be doing something about this. It's just so vulnerable. And it's just like, I don't know how, any, oh, how we so made painful. it through. Mm-mm. Oh, because there's... Okay, well, I don't guess you don't want to... I don't want to keep... <laughs> you don't want to pry. Do you mean because it's such a difficult time and everything's like embarrassing and hard and mean? Yes, and, and, yes, and you're watching your kids get made fun of and oh God. like all... and the, yeah. Right, and there's no... What, what are you going to do? Are you going to go tell the teacher? Go talk to the principal? Go call that parents like, right, right. It's like this is life this is, just this is how it goes resilient right building. right and it and you're watching your kid oh it's just so tender and they're just so amazing for surviving it so amazing mm. and then i don't even know this is the last thing i don't even know how i think you said it joy but it was just this like what the more of myself i have the more freedom and space i have to enjoy whatever it is do you remember saying that no. It was so beautiful. Like the more self I have, the more freedom and space I'm able to have, and the, which makes me able to enjoy it. I just really loved that. I, I'd have to like I remember to what context I was in. But thanks. You're welcome. I try. So yeah. And again, I don't know if this is our fourth or fifth mom. Fifth. And Julie is the fifth. I'm just totally blown away by how uniquely impressive and amazing all of yeah. them are mm-hmm. and i th- think one of the many gifts of this podcast is going to be see like oh i'm not like any of those moms mm-hmm. no but yet we all and we're all the, right we all like, feel yeah, the same all right. the things right. but and just totally different totally totally different totally different kids totally different well and just in context and what, what outlet do you get to just sit and tell your story as a mom because you're probably thinking who cares like who like that might happen it hasn't in been, your friendship it also so just hasn't like been a, given just dignity a, yeah just a space to be like i've had friends be like oh i wouldn't know what i would talk about i'm like exactly like <laughs> you have there's plenty to talk about and that's the point is you think what you're doing day to day is Monday, not anything yeah. special but it's actually incredible and like this is a way to to, me (laughs) yeah yeah this is a way to like i don't know what verb i'm looking for revere it like lift or what i'm seeing is like lifting it up like putting it on a spotlight yeah yeah Yeah. spotlight it yeah that like your day-to-day is matters and is shared with so many other people doing the exact same thing well people but there's that phrase of being a mom's the most important job you'll ever do and then no one ever talks about what you're actually doing every day. Right. Right? So it's just like this bumper sticker that right. doesn't, doesn't resonate. Mm-hmm. You're not treated like what you're doing is important every day. Right. Yeah. You didn't need me to say this because you already know it, that being a mom is the most important job in the world. But I hope today that you actually have moments where you can see for yourself how important you are and how important what you're doing is in very specific ways and that you know that there are other moms out out here out there three at this table right now that think you're amazing thank you jenny thank you jenny thank you guys (laughs) 